0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Up Before You podcast with me, Connor Warman. This episode of the Up Before You podcast is brought to you by our friends and fellow CrossFitters at Stono Creek Apothecary. If you're into your health, and especially if you're into your fitness, you've been hearing a lot about CBD lately. From inflammation and pain relief to improved sleep, lower anxiety, and faster recovery times, CBD is toted as the biggest wellness breakthrough of the last several years, and increasingly so. Nowadays, you can find CBD in literally everything, from gummies to lattes. You can buy it at the doctor's office, the local grocery, and even the corner gas station. But all this hype can leave people scratching their heads. Is CBD for real? And which brand can I trust? At Stono Creek, you can be sure that all of the CBD products are made to the highest of standards, from seed to shelf. This means everything is manufactured in their FDA-registered laboratory located near the Stono River on Johns Island, South Carolina. That's right, folks. It's a real place, and it's not your neighbor's kitchen. All the CBD is CO2 extracted from hemp-grown in the U.S. of A. on sustainable, pesticide-free farms. Each finished batch is third-party tested for potency, purity, and stability. And all the products are fully labeled and disclose every single ingredient that goes into them. If you haven't tried Stone Creek yet, you can now get 10% off your first order when you use code UPBEFOREYOU on their website, scapothecary.com. That's S-C-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y.com, code Up before you. And don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so that you can be the first to learn about the launch of the new Topicals line, including Recovery Baths, Body Oils, Solves, and more. And guys, with concert and game season just around the corner, the timing is perfect for those of you listening who want to plan your spring and summer events. We've teamed up with Ticket Weirdo to make buying tickets this season super affordable. Ticket Weirdo is the only ticket site that doesn't charge you hidden service fees and also donates a portion of your purchase to charity. Check them out by simply going to TicketWeirdo.com and enter promo code UBY. That's UBY during checkout to save an extra 10% off unlimited ticket purchases throughout the year. And to keep it weird this spring and summer. Now guys, if you have a moment, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave a 5-star rating and a review. It only takes a second and is a great way to support the show, and the feedback means a lot to me. If you like this episode of the podcast, please share with family and friends and share via social media and make sure to tag up before you. And lastly, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook and visit upbeforeyou.com to keep up to date with all the latest episodes, news, and updates surrounding the show. Okay. My guest today is Jason Ackerman. Jason is a CrossFit Level 4 coach and longtime member of the CrossFit seminar staff who has started and sold three CrossFit affiliates. He is now the CEO of Thunderbro, runs the best hour of their day podcast, which if you haven't checked it out yet, I highly recommend it. And his new book, Best Hour of Their Day, is now available on Amazon, so make sure to go check that out as well. And, with all that being said, let's get on with episode 108 with Jason Ackerman. So I wanted to kind of jump in and just ask you about something you said. You said that you've said that you're a firm believer and basically how you do one thing is how you do everything. So can you kind of tell me what exactly you mean by that?
1: Ooh, so I believe that's an old Buddhist quote. How you do one thing is is how you do anything. And what I mean by that is there's you know people out in the world that are hard workers. There's people that are lazy. There's people that overdo some things there's people that get addicted to things and it's very often how you do one of those things is how you're going to do most things in your life so you know if you're someone that no matter what is thrown at you you're willing to work hard and buckle down you're probably someone that's going to do that in all areas be it a crossfit workout or your job or be it you know working through hard parts of a relationship or working through you know hard parts of, of a puzzle even so the, the, that's kind of how I feel. My wife doesn't always agree with me, but I still stand behind it. I think the type of person you are shines through regardless of the task at hand.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Very cool. So now can we take it all the way back and can you tell me about yourself growing up?
1: Well, that's a big jump. Sure, we could talk about that. <laughs> what 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 is, there, what is there that you'd want to talk about with me growing up?
0: I just like what kind of sports you played, where you grew up, stuff like that.
1: Are you recording this? I'm this recording it. Yeah, recording. <laughs> um, so I think the sport that had the greatest impact on my life and probably the hobby and passion that I still have is, is wrestling. So I grew up competing in high school and college wrestling, and I still compete in jiu-jitsu to this day. I trained earlier today at my academy here in Boulder, Colorado, and I found that if you can deal with the, the challenges and the hardships as a teenager on a wrestling mat, there's really not much else you can deal with. So that's was, that was a big lesson for me.
0: So then where did you end up going to school and what did you study in school?
1: After, after high school, after graduating high school in Westchester, New York, I went to SUNY Albany. So New York has a bunch of state schools. I went to Albany and I, gra- I graduated with a degree in psychology as well as a minor in business. And then beyond that, I went to achieve a master's in psychology as well.
0: So at such a young age, what interested you in psychology?
1: Honestly, nothing interested me in psychology. It was just the easiest classes I can take in college. (laughs) Now, ultimately, I found a lot of interest in it. But at first, it was just like, well, you take Intro 101. it It was kind of entertaining. I liked the professor. And it was a whole lot easier than bio and chem and you needed to declare a major. So I was like, well, I'll just take more of these psych classes. You can take abnormal psych and, you know, development and all these things. And, and I really, I think not realizing it at such a young age, it wasn't until I was potentially even a, a box owner or, you know, deeper into the fitness world that I realized not only did I enjoy training people, but it was really the interaction and the dealing with people and, and getting to know who they were and understand where and why they've been developed and shaped the way they were. And I I guess that all did come from that psych degree. But like I said, (laughs) at the time, it was simply the easiest major I can choose. Uh
0: And then when did you find CrossFit?
1: I found CrossFit in 2006. I was actually remembered vividly. I was at jujitsu practice. It was a Saturday. We just wrapped up a hard practice and my buddy Chad, knew I was in the fitness world. I was a personal trainer. He knew I was always checking new things out. And he handed me a magazine of muscle and fitness. And on the cover was Chuck Liddell, who at the time was like the premier MMA fighter, the you know, light heavyweight champion. And he was like, Hey, did you check out this guy's program, this training that he does, it's called CrossFit. And I said, No, I never heard of it. And I went back home that Saturday and, you know, had hopped on the computer, started Googling CrossFit, found it and it was the very next day i had my first crossfit workout and really you know f- almost 15 years later I haven't looked back
0: that's amazing that's 15 years ago 2006
1: i mean it's it's amazing on many fronts to me one just you know that i've been an adult for this long but <laughs> two just you know the other, that i've been involved in crossfit for so long now i mean it's it's nearly half of my fitness background now you know i'm 41 and I, I walked into the gym at like 13. So, yeah, I mean, I've been doing CrossFit at this point more than really any other training.
0: So then when did you get to the point where, like, because you obviously you went, went on to join the seminar staff and you opened a couple affiliates or a few affiliates. When did you kind of decide, like, you wanted to make CrossFit a career?
1: Immediately. Immediately. Right, right when I found CrossFit, I knew it was going to be what I'm doing forever. You know, I've, I started to immediately implement it with my one-on-one clients. Um, it now looked really like you're going to train for an hour and I'm going to just throw every CrossFit workout I can at you in that hour, you know, because that's what you did back then. I was personal training for an hour. So I had to fill that fill that full one hour until I then realized, Hey, you know, maybe we only do one workout and maybe it's shorter. And maybe I teach you some of these movements first. So as soon as I started doing that and realizing this is a whole lot more fun for me as the coach, but it's also a whole lot more fun for the athlete, my clients, Let's figure out how to make this bigger. And that's when I opened my first affiliate, Albany CrossFit.
0: And when did you decide or how did you get the job on the CrossFit seminar staff?
1: That was a long journey. You know, I found CrossFit, like I said, in 2006. So I took my first level one in 2007. And immediately, I knew I wanted to be a part of that staff. So, you know, it was really just how can I do this? And pestering people like Dave Castro and Nicole Carroll, and getting involved in other avenues of CrossFit. I was a big part of the regional team back in the day and earned myself a spot interning on seminar staff and went through that entire struggle and challenge and ultimately got hired. And, you know, now I've been doing that for coming up on 10 years as well.
0: So you still do that?
1: I still do that on the weekends. Yep. No, no, it's, it's based on how busy a season it is for the CrossFit team. So there are times where it's every weekend, there are times where it's a couple of months, but I still very much look forward to getting out and teaching at level 1s and level 2s as often as I can.
0: And then at some point in there you started a business called Own Your Eating. Where did how did that come about?
1: Well, I, you know, being involved in affiliates realized the importance of nutrition with my clients, and that was always, you know, one of the first things we discussed, you know, what we what we can eat to help all of this hard work at the gym and for the three affiliates, I got a lot of experience with a lot of different clients and started to implement some nutrition practices myself. I talk about it, you know, in, in my book, best hour of their day, I talk about how I let myself go a few times, you know, you just get busy with work, you get busy with the box, you get busy with members and your, your training and your nutrition takes a back seat. So I really needed to buckle down and I found a style of eating that worked for me, flexible eating. And as I did that, so many people just started asking me questions. What are you doing? Can I do it? And I started really gearing and steering towards nutrition coaching more than fitness at the time. And when I met my wife, we decided to create a business. We call it Own Your Eating. We went on a tour. We traveled the, the country delivering seminars at different boxes. And you know, we still have our site, OwnYourEating.com, where we have Coaching, we have books, we have a certificate course that's accredited by Prospect. So that's, you know, very near and dear to my heart because nutrition is ultimately the foundation of our health and fitness.
0: Mm-hmm. And what exactly is flexible eating?
1: Flexible eating is this notion that you can eat anything you want, but it has to be in the right balance of macronutrient. So Depending on your current weight, your goal weight, your activity level, you'll get a prescription for macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Typically, you know, an average person, it might look like 200 grams of carbohydrates, 150 grams of protein, 70 grams of fat. And then your goal is to eat food throughout the day that that gets you to those numbers. And that can be pizza, but it could also be fruit and vegetables. So there's all sorts of options as to what you want to eat and the limiting factor is eating the right amount of food
0: so you're kind of like you're saying you can eat whatever you want as long as it fits basically
1: yeah you know the there's the expression if it fits your macros and it's very similar to that you know of course we have to be smart you mm. can't just eat like an asshole you know <laughs> you can't eat whatever you want as much as you want you should eat good quality foods you should eat meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar like we talk about at CrossFit. But the, the, the key is ultimately eating in moderation. You want some pizza? Have a slice of pizza. You can't have eight slices of pizza and expect to lose weight, but you can certainly have a slice or two over the course of the day.
0: And what was the reaction from people? I guess you kind of hinted at that, but like, did a lot of people buy into it? Did a lot of people still do it?
1: Yes, I yeah. mean, I think, it's continuing to grow. I mean, not just what we put out there with Own you Eating, but other coaches out there, other nutrition companies. I mean, flexible eating is very easy to follow. It takes some, you know, I like to use the expression, it's simple, not easy. It's mm-hmm. very simple. You are going to be hungry at times. You are going to, you know, feel like you're depriving yourself at times. But the results speak for themselves.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you own three affiliates now. So after you opened the first one, when did you kind of re- like decide you wanted to open more? You wanted to keep going.
1: Well, when I started to make money, and I was like, "Hey, I want to make more money now." <laughs> uh-huh. um, so that was that was a big part of it, and and ultimately I just really got involved in in business ownership and enjoying being an entrepreneur. And I started mm-hmm. to think, "Hey, I, you know, really enjoy one. Let's try a second. Let's challenge myself." And that and that's what it became a way to. Grow my business, but also to grow the opportunity for people living in upstate New York at the time to, you know, become CrossFit athletes and learn more about this methodology.
0: So, how did you like manage? I guess because for some business owners, it gets hard to kind of give up control to other people because you need other people when you have three CrossFit gyms. So, what was that like for you? Was it hard for you to give up control of the boxes?
1: Yeah, I think it was a little bit of a challenge at first. You know, it's It's your baby. You don't want Mm -hmm. to let somebody else run it or coach. But then you start to realize if you want to be a good business owner and you want to you know, ultimately be successful, you have to be willing to give up the reins. You can't do everything.
0: So now switching gears a little bit, you recently moved out to Boulder, correct?
1: Yep, out in Boulder, Colorado right now. So
0: what made you want to do that?
1: So I moved out to Boulder because, well, one, my wife really wanted to relocate she was sick of the muggy and humid florida weather so we were looking at boulder and this past year at the crossfit games got talking to an old friend dave lipson and his wife camille um you know pretty well known in the crossfit world and in talking with them we kind of realized hey there's some opportunity for us to work together and they asked us to come out and help grow their businesses Thunderbro and furrows fitness you know respectively and that's what i'm out here doing working with dave and And helping him grow this company.
0: So first off, can you take me back and tell me the story of how you first met Dave?
1: How did I first? You know, (laughs) I probably first met Dave at one of the sectional or regional events. So I was from upstate New York. I worked at Albany CrossFit. He was a kind of a northeast guy in Connecticut, New York City area. And I remember it wasn't the first time I met him, but I remember at one of the old sectionals. It must have been. 2009 or 10, we were doing a workout. It was 135 pound overhead squats, chest to bar pull ups, 2159. That was a sectional workout. And I was running the event, and I really always did my best to run the event punctually and on time. He's sitting in the car sleeping, and I started knocking on the window, I'm like, Dave, wake up. You're up. Like, your heat is up right now. He literally just opened the car door and ran onto the floor and started working out.
0: He probably crushed it, too.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he crushed it.
0: So then going back to the games and the conversation you have with Dave, how did that conversation even come about? I guess, like, what made Dave think you were the right guy for the job? And what, like, why were you interested? Or did he have to talk you into it?
1: I think a lot of people have, you know, know about my story in CrossFit. I've owned and sold three affiliates. You know, The first affiliate that I sold was not only one of the first affiliate sales ever, but it, to this day was the, you know, highest price point for an affiliate sale. And I think a lot of people look at that and like, well, you made a lot of money. You must be smart. Not necessarily true. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I saw Dave at the games and he was doing muscle anarchy programming and sitting at the computer programming. And I had, and I had tested it out. You know, we were, we had been in touch and he gave me a code to try it out and I liked it a lot. And I just approached him and said, Hey, you know, I've been doing it. I really like it. And he goes, and he wanted to grow. And he just said, Hey, you know, I'm looking to to take this to the next level. And that was it.
0: That was it right there. You were sold.
1: I mean, you know, it was obviously a bigger discussion than that. We were living in Florida, but knowing that he was in Boulder and knowing that Camille was also looking for some help and that my wife would be a great fit for her. And they're like, you know, BFFs now, um, (laughs) I was like, I'm willing to give this a try. I need to keep my wife happy. And I I was out in Boulder previously and really loved it. And I was like, yeah, let's, uh, let's test this out.
0: Mm-hmm. So I talked to Andrew about this, about you coming in. And he said, basically, you're like the business mind. He said, me and Dave are just two meatheads. So <laughs> when you kind of came in, what were some things you wanted to do right away? And what were some things you wanted to change and do differently?
1: Yeah, that's a really accurate statement by Andrew I always refer to like my job as like hey I've got to run this company but I also have to run these two crazy individuals you know so it's like hey we have a meeting at two fifteen tomorrow will you be there yes okay first thing in the morning don't forget we have a meeting at 215 you're gonna be there yes two o'clock don't forget we have a meeting like that's what I have to do with these guys um but you know some of the things I did was just really silly easy stuff like hey let's get back to our emails that are sitting in our inbox let's respond to social media dms let's come up with a game plan for social media let's film some video series and content so it it was really low hanging fruit that made me look a lot smarter than i probably am but it was <laughs> just hey goes back to that how you do one thing it's like i knew i was going to come in hit the ground running i wake up first thing in the morning and i go to sleep last thing at night thinking about how we can grow this business and you know not to toot my own horn or pat my back but since coming on um in september we've more than quadrupled the business
0: wow yeah so that's, that's impressive i
1: don't take all of the credit i just take most of it uh-huh.
0: so then what do you personally think about Thunderbro, just the whole program and like the community in itself
1: i love it i think i think it's Really, the next evolution of, of fitness. You know, I'm always gonna be partial to CrossFit. I'm a firm believer that it's the best program out there to get fit. You know, and of course, when I say to get fit, I'm talking about work capacity across broad time and modal domains. Nothing is gonna ever trump that, in my opinion. Thunderbro is fun. Thunderbro is hey, I'm gonna grab my buddy, we're gonna hit some bench. I'm gonna grab my buddy, we're gonna do some curls over here. And the and the cool thing about it is if you love CrossFit and you still want to do some Thunderbro stuff, you can do it. You can do one of our, you know, 100 finishers that crush. We have a book there. If you want to do just hypertrophy training, you can do muscle anarchy. If you want to get shredded, you can do our shredded at home program. So that's kind of the other thing that I've done is, is just bring more programs, more opportunities, and, you know, and really get these guys behind a couple other things so that we can diversify that. But Thunder Bros is just a lot of fun, yields great results, and it keeps you injury-free.
0: Yeah, I think when you hear Dave talk about it, he's spot on. He kind of said how he started it was how like he kind of saw people that were kind of getting burned out of CrossFit a little bit and needed to change it up. And like you said, bodybuilding's fun, and when you blend it with CrossFit, it's kind of like the best of both worlds.
1: Exactly. You know, I can tell you, you know, having done CrossFit for 15 years, and I still throw in CrossFit workouts all the time, but there's definitely the burnout feeling of like oh man i gotta give it again today i gotta go hard it's very hard to go to the box and not let your ego get in the way not try to keep up with all the young people around you and thunder bros kind of a different mentality while you're still pushing the weight isn't what's important the things like the volume that we're putting in hitting the right tempo on each set and doing the the programming in the proper sequence, all of those little things really make a big difference.
0: Mm -hmm. So then what's the vision? Where do you see Thunderbro going from here?
1: I I think we're going to go and become, you know, something in, in line with as big as CrossFit, you know, CrossFit's huge CrossFit's taking over the fitness space. And I'd like to see Thunderbro do the same in the bodybuilding space and just help people really fall in love with their training again.
0: How long do you see yourself continuing to do uh, CrossFit seminars?
1: I have no reason to stop, I love it. I mean, it's a cool job where, you know, you can kind of uh, modulate how much you're working. So if I'm busy or, you know, family stuff or work stuff, I don't have to work every weekend, but I still very much look forward to Saturday mornings and meeting the new bunch of participants. And it's just really rewarding and satisfying to know you played a small part in their fitness journey.
0: So there's a, there's up to level four now, right? First certificate.
1: Yep, there's always there's, I would say always, but they've had the level four for quite some time. It's just finally going to be released to the public. But yes, there's a level four CrossFit credential, which is the only one that actually refers to you as a coach.
0: Is will there be ever be a five?
1: I don't, I don't know. But if there is, I'll get it.
0: <laughs> so you have the four. What what do you have to do to get the four?
1: What I had to do and what you currently have to do are a little bit different. What I did back in the day was, after taking my level one, I went to Santa Cruz to the CrossFit HQ, and I took the level two. And the level two was basically coaching your peers in front of people like Dave Castro, Nicole Carroll, Pat Sherwood, um, Coach Lassen was there, and getting evaluated. And now it's a little bit different. So now your level one, you take your level two, you take, and they just release the new level two where you actually, it's an at home test. So there's no test on site. Then to take your level three, you show up at a testing center and it's like a four and a half hour test with 160 or 170 questions. And you go through that and afterwards you find out immediately, did you pass or fail? And assuming you passed, you can go on to take your level four, which is similar to what I did. You're going to show up somewhere and you're going to coach a couple workouts to some strangers you haven't met and you're going to get evaluated and you're going to be told, you know, whether you passed or failed based on your performance. So it's, it's a performance based certification.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. So switching gears a little bit, you recently released a book, best hour of their day. Can you kind of tell me a little bit about that whole thing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, really in line with everything we've talked about this whole time. I opened my affiliates and learned some tremendous lessons some very valuable lessons and lessons that I try to still implement and still think about every day of my life and really what happened was I you know started just writing some of these lessons down for myself maybe putting some posts out there on Facebook and Instagram and it was getting a lot of traction people were really enjoying them and I said well I've got a lot of these let me put them all down on paper and I did And there are thirty lessons that I learned owning the CrossFit affiliates over the years.
0: So that's what the book is: thirty lessons learned. So chapters like that.
1: Yeah. So each chapter is a different lesson. It has a different title, and it's really a story about how I learned that. You know, be it at the box, on seminar staff, as part of the judging crew at the CrossFit Games. Yeah, they're all different lessons that I've learned, and you know, hopefully, whether you're a box owner, a coach, or even just a member. You can learn from them. I mean, ultimately, they're, they're lessons that transcend your fitness program to your everyday life.
0: Did you write it on your own?
1: Yeah. I sat there on a Google Doc and, <laughs> you know, every day just wrote. It, it You know, the feedback I'm getting from people is it's easy reading and it's enjoyable because they can tell it's me. They mm-hmm. can tell it's a just a normal person writing. I had some editors check it out. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was you know, I have two other books. I have two nutrition books, which I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. But this really felt like my first book because the nutrition books were great and there's some stories in there, but it's a lot of science and a lot of facts, like things that I'm not making up. Where this book was, this is my story. And it was, you know, now seeing some of my peers and colleagues and friends read it, it's, it's like, wow, you're getting a really deep glimpse into my head.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So Best Hour of Their Day, is that? Is that like a business too?
1: Yeah, yeah you know, so I started this book and I knew I wanted the title it Best Hour of Their Day and like you kind of do these, you know, you go out and you buy the URL, the domain name. So I did that. I was happy that it wasn't taken or taken and then right around the same time that I started writing and my buddy Jason Fernandez and I, he's also part of the seminar staff. He owns a box in Virginia Beach we had kind of been tossing around the idea of starting our own podcast. And we started it in April, and we called it Best Hour of Their Day. And it, like many things I've done, started small, spiraled out of control. <laughs> and you know, since then, you know, we have a podcast, and we've done over 150 episodes. Jeez. We've had some of the greatest names in CrossFit, including Coach Glassman, Chuck Carswell, um, Hinshaw, many games athletes, Austin Maliolo, Andrew Charlesworth that you brought up, who's been on your show. Um, so we've had some, some great guests and we continue to do that. And we also have a coaching mentoring program, as well as some new programming coming out for the box level. That's focused on coaches development.
0: So you mentioned the podcast. What exactly, like, I guess, what is it about? Like, what are you talking to these people about?
1: So typically it's about coaching. So, you know, their journey in coaching, but, but often they go, you know, to different topics. You know, when we had coach glassman on, it was clearly a lot about CrossFit health. We've had some games athletes, but we try to always interview our our guests from a different perspective. You know, the games athletes, they've been there, they've done that. They've talked about it before. I like to hear about, you know, what it's like to be training and own a box. I had a CrossFit games athlete, Logan Collins, and I had Saxon Panchik on and, you know they both own boxes too so what's mm-hmm. that like finding balance between training to be this elite athlete and, and owning an affiliate or what it's like training with your brother uh for Saxon and panchic. so we we have those types of discussions and then very regularly fern and i just talk about box related stuff you know whether it's best practices for coaching a movement or some things you should or shouldn't do at the box it's it's really all about how to help develop coaches, how to help develop boxes and how to provide the best hour of their day for the members there. And the other cool thing that we have going on is we filmed an entire YouTube series called best hour of their day dropping in where we went to 10 different boxes in Raleigh, North Carolina and filmed each episode where we take the class, talk about the coaching, talk Hmm. about what we liked and give feedback to the coaches. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So you've been, you've, coach crossfit you know you've coached people um you coach people on nutrition from what it sounds like you've coached dave and andrew on a lot of stuff in business what that's draw yeah that's <laughs> i call
1: that uh taming. i'm taming them
0: so like what draws you to coaching what makes you why why do you love it
1: you know that goes back to i think the whole psychology thing I, you know i don't i love fitness i train every day like that i i had a conversation recently with with one of our employees here at Thunderbroad. I'm like, you have to work out. You have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. To me, like that's the foundation. I'll get up early to work out. I will cancel calls to work out. I'll push off interviews because that's what's most important for me. And I love it. And I love coaching other people there, but more than that, I just love learning and interacting with other people. You know, Just like you're doing with me asking me questions, I would always love to flip it around. I just like to understand uh-huh. what makes people tick and I think coaching is one of the fastest ways to figure that out.
0: Yeah, very cool. So I got a couple of last questions for you here, and this first one's gonna sound kind of dark, but just bear with me. So basically, when all right, you- <laughs> let's do it. Let's get dark. So when I'm you're dead, dead. <laughs> when you're dead, um, I guess how do you want people to remember you?
1: You know, that is dark, but uh, <laughs> it is something I've been thinking about a little bit lately. Um, because you know when you write a book or you do something it is out there forever I mean and everyone's kind of there forever with the internet right you can google someone and and find out what they're like in a hundred years I'm sure I I hope that people just remember me as one uh, a hard worker because you know I have not everything that I've gotten I really feel like I've earned and worked hard for be it financial success, fitness success, you know, and anything. And and it's all due to hard work, which I think I get primarily from my dad, a little bit of stubbornness in there, you know, like not willing to quit even when you should. So I, hopefully people remember that. And then I hope that they just remember me as someone that helps impact their life in a positive way. You know, maybe I got them their first pull up or maybe I taught them how to eat better and they lost 20 pounds or, you know, maybe I just had a great conversation with them you know, one Tuesday afternoon, but hopefully that's what they remember about me and smile, you know, Mm and in in a couple hundred years, we're all going to be forgotten. So maybe just for a few years. (laughs) I don't plan on going anywhere just yet. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you've started, uh, three affiliates, uh, a couple businesses in there. I guess, where does this entrepreneurial spirit come from? Is there any person that influenced it?
1: No, like that's, I don't know where that came from. That's a really insightful question that I, I don't know. I think, I think what it comes down to is I graduated college in 2000 and all my friends went off into the financial world. You know, it was like this huge boom. It was before nine 11. Like there were a lot of SUNY schools are made up from people on Long Island and New York city, et cetera. So all my friends moved back home. And here I was in Albany, New York. I had a girlfriend living there. And I was like, the last place I want to live is back with my parents. Mm -hmm. Like, so I found a basement apartment. And this is all in the book. But I found a basement apartment in the ghetto of Albany. And it was like $300 a month, everything included, which kind of gives you an idea of the type of place I was living. And I was like, all right time to figure some shit out. Like, that's really what it came down to. I was like, I got to figure out life now. Like, I don't, you know, I'm done with school. I was lucky enough to have my parents help me get through undergrad. You know, I I graduated undergrad without any loans. I didn't know any money. Um, But I had nothing. Like, I didn't have a bank account. I had zero dollars and I was working at Gold's Gym making eight dollars an hour. And it was like, all right, you got to survive. You know, we've had this, I've had this conversation before where it's like, my parents don't understand what I do. Cause they had a nine to five, they were teachers and my father was a dentist and my stepfather, you know, worked for AT&T. And it's like, they woke up, they had their paycheck every two weeks. And I'm like, I'm just trying to survive every day. Like, that's what it felt like. And there's something really stressful about that, but there's also something really awesome about that. You know, mm-hmm. my, my friends that went off to wall street and, and and be financial traders and investors. You know, nine eleven happened and you know, the, the market plummets and, and I didn't want anyone to ever control what I was doing with my life. You know, and it was a struggle for the first five to seven years. I mean, I lived in that basement apartment while my friends were going out to fancy restaurants and, you know, buying nice homes and fancy cars. And I was driving around a, you know, beat up Ford tourists that my grandmother gave me as like, you know, a <laughs> really like a quintessential grandma car trying to go on dates in that car and but i was like i wouldn't have it any other way and you know for anyone listening you know it's i think you you look at people and not that people are looking at me like this guy's successful like sure now at 41 i can look back and say i am but it was 20 years of hard work to get there Mm -hmm. and i think we forget that because everyone looks at social media these days and like I want to be this and I want to be that not realizing, you know, all of the hard work You I mean, even take Dave, for example, in Thunderbro; they see him now and they're like, he's got this great product. Well, yeah, but Dave's been back squatting 400 pounds for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't new. It took a long time together. He did a, you know, Isabel in a minute, like the dude's been strong and freakish for yeah. his entire life. So mm-hmm. it's easy to look at, Hey, You know, I want to be there, but not look at all the hard work. And that was kind of where the book came from. Also just really getting to tell my story of this was, this was hard. This was a challenge, but now I'm really proud of, of where I've gotten, you know, Mm -hmm. my mom still thinks I need to get a real job, but (laughs) still, but still, um, don't think she quite gets it, you know? You know, you're moving to Boulder to do what? To work with who? Like <laughs> what's their company? Yeah. Um, Thunderbro? Uh, awesome. You know, leave off the E mom? Yeah. No, you know, so <laughs> fun. So
0: Jason, real quick, I know you gotta go, but can you tell me what the future holds for you?
1: Yeah, I think the future holds more of the same. It holds, you know, probably a growth for Thunderbro and the growth for best hour of their day. And you know one thing I'm better at these days than I was back in the day is Growth for my, you know, relationship, which happens to be a marriage now. Um, you know, so realizing, hey, there's balance in life, but mm-hmm. still being wanting and willing to work hard. So I think it's just more of the same. You know, I don't know that I'll own another box, but I'll continue to be an entrepreneur and and try to help other people grow and and hopefully have just a little tiny impact on their lives.
0: And why'd you cut the hair?
1: <laughs> so that actually stems from the CrossFit games. I. You know, we judge at the games every year. The individuals. There was twenty of us this year, and whenever we're out in the field, we have to wear a hat. And every time I had to put that hat on, it was just <laughs> annoying. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, I'm going to cut my. It's time. I'm going to cut my hair. Talked it over with my wife. Talked it over with the my girl that was cutting my hair at the time in Florida. They were all excited, and I was like, "Let's just do it. Um, you know, let's. It's time for a change. Moving out to Boulder and. With the exception of maybe one or two people, it's pretty much unanimous. You know, everybody likes it, myself included. Yeah. <laughs> and most importantly, my wife likes it. So yeah. I think that's
0: nice. what's key. Nice. And Jason, uh, where can people find you and where can people learn more about you and your book and everything you do?
1: Well, uh, they can find, I mean, I think everyone's findable these days on yeah. like social media. It's not but too hard. <laughs> the two, the, you know, my personal social media is the Jason Ackerman. And then we have Best Hour of Their Day and also Thunder Bro. And you can check out besthouroftheirday.com of if you want a quick link to buy the book. But it's also on Amazon. So if you shop on Amazon as we all do, just search Best Hour of Their Day. And if you buy it and you like it, just please leave me a review. If you don't like it, don't leave me a review. <laughs> but you know, you can those are the easy ways to find me. And if if you do have if you've listened to this and something I've said inspired or confused you or whatever, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to get back to you.
0: Very cool. Well, Jason, thanks a lot for your time today.
1: Thank you for having me. It was really a pleasure. And uh, I look forward, if you ever need me back on, I'm happy to talk more. All right, cool.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. And thank you everyone for listening. And I hope you enjoyed episode 108 of this show. We'll see you next time on the Up Before You podcast. Have a great day and thank you for listening.